Coming up on today's Locked On Dodgers, a handful of roster moves and decisions. Carlos Correa to the Dodgers, question mark. And we get into Gavin Lux at shortstop and some other things uh, Andrew Friedman said. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. We are the Daily Dodger Podcast here for you every Monday through Friday. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. And make it easy on yourself and subscribe in all those places and never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Amperio, and that's my co-host Jeff Snyder. If this is your first time or this is your like second time listening or watching in the last week or so, you haven't seen us together, so... Congrats, you get to see us together, and uh, we're now officially the Bearded Podcast. Jeff's been growing his out, so uh, we're out here. But we're both lifeline Dodger fans that have spent time covering the Dodgers, continue to cover the Dodgers, not just on this podcast, but in some other ways. And, uh, yeah, just general baseball fans that are here to bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Jeff, how's it been? We haven't seen each other uh, on this on this part, you know, this restream that we use in a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time, and this is the only time we get to see each other, you know. I think we, we've been doing a podcast together for over six years, and we've been, like, in each other's presence, like, eight times ever. Uh, but, yeah, your beard is uh, – your playoff beard is is uh, about due for a trim, huh? Yeah, it was getting up there. Uh, it's starting to bother me now. I wanted to try to grow it out. I've always wanted to try, but I just never – I always get to a certain point, and it's too long, and I think that's where I'm at. Maybe, now, maybe so. just trim the sides and let the, let the front grow out, you know, just kind of – taper it i think you could have a pretty pretty sweet long beard i think this is the best mine's gonna get and uh with all this gray you can't even really tell us there but uh but i like it you know yeah not too bad all right so the dodgers uh no, no groundbreaking news but there was a couple of news tidbits uh from the day on tuesday the dodgers claimed luke williams from the marlins he's played a handful of games in the majors he hasn't done much in those handful of games uh, has a 615 OPS, 137 total games, two home runs, nine doubles. Uh, has played every position except pitcher and catcher, uh, but this is probably more of a name mention, just uh, so when you look back, you can say, oh, yeah, they did talk about this guy before, but I don't see anything else more than that. Uh, but you never know. We've see, we've had name mentions that turned into big deals before. Yeah, one of these days I'll have to pull out the old clip from the old podcast where we talked about Chris Taylor and I forgot his name and – I, I basically said he's never going to be anything, and then turns out he en- ended up being your entire brand. Now, the yeah. one thing I know about Luke Williams, if I remember, I think his first career home run was a walk-off. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, his first career home run might have been his first career hit, actually. Uh, first career uh, – no, he, he had a hit in his previous game. So but his first career home run in his second major league game, uh, his team was down one to nothing with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning and uh, Andrew McCutcheon on first base and Luke Williams hit a two run Homer walk off home run. So one of his two career homers. And uh, that's about all I know about the guy until, you know, the Dodgers 
grabbed him today and I looked at his stats and said, yeah, he's uh, not very good at the old baseballs. So uh, he's got two option years left. So I assume he'll be that guy on the, on the 40 man roster who spends the year in AAA and comes up when, you know, Justin Turner is on the 10 day IL for something. Luke Williams comes up and gets three at bats and then goes back to the minors when JT's healthy or whatever. Yeah. There's uh, always those guys that end up, you know, Eddie Alvarez, Andy Burns, you know, a handful of guys that come up, get those few games, maybe a moment. And then uh, that's it. That might be all it is for him. And if it's more, uh, you can come back and say, oh, man, these guys were way off. But, uh, you know, I'll take that and, bet. Yeah, and actually even maybe the more likely scenario is the Dodgers DFA him next week and somebody else claims him. And and this is the only time we ever say his name on this podcast. Very possible. The other bits of news from the Dodgers, uh, Hans Alberto, his option is going to be declined. Danny Duffy's option will be declined. Jimmy Nelson's option will be declined. We've talked about. Two of these, uh, we didn't mention Jimmy Nelson before, but you know, realistically, he hasn't really pitched. Uh, and when he has, he was good. But when he, he's been injured most of the time, and no surprises uh, for many of those three, right? Yeah, no, it, the Dodgers must probably know something about Nelson's recovery that we don't, uh, because it was only a million dollars. It was the cheapest of the three options. And if they, I think, if they expected him back, it seems like they would have held on to him. They don't need the. I, they don't need the 40 man spot right now, but I guess maybe if they anticipate needing it later this off season, they, they figure they have enough bullpen guys, but uh, yeah, they must not have seen him as an actual bullpen contributor in 2023. Yeah. So, you know, Dodgers will lose the, the antics of Hans Alberto antics with a positive connotation. I know it sometimes has negative. Uh, we'll miss the, the ninth innings of blah games, but other than that, won't miss too much else from Hanser. He struggled to really hit this year and, you know, wasn't quite what the Dodgers expected, was left off the playoff roster. So the writing was kind of on the wall here with, uh, with Hanser. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. He's uh he'll be missed, but not on the field. Yeah, exactly. All right. We got some bigger topics to get into. One of those being Carlos Correa being mentioned in a Ken Rosenthal article. We have Andrew Friedman speaking, uh, about the shortstop position as well. And then we have something from uh, Jeff's favorite person, Dave Assay, talking about the Dodgers and luxury tax. So let's take a break right now and uh, let's talk about Simply Safe because today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. And did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spiked nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Why should you love it? Well, Simply Safe really has your back. They've got a 24-7 monitoring agent or their support staff's great. They're always there for you. They got the crystal key. Uh, you know, as the kids say, caught them in 4K. You can catch people in 4K. They got all that there for you. And in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. That's a hard thing to say. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Sorry. This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like simply safe. All right, Jeff. So the rest of our episode is all kind of tied in, uh, in some sense, but before we get into that part, we'll just talk about Andrew Friedman, 
Uh, the GM meetings are in Las Vegas this week. I thought about going, but uh, I didn't end up going because I've been traveling too much lately. But either way, Andrew Friedman spoke, and he said a few things I will get into a little bit, but he also said that they haven't made a decision on Justin Turner. Uh, they haven't made a decision on whether it's offered Clayton Kershaw the qualifying offer, but that when we get to Glendale in February that he expects slash wants both of those guys uh, to be at Camelback Ranch with the Dodgers. So that's a you know interesting way of saying we probably want Justin Turner at a little bit cheaper rate and Clayton Kershaw is probably going to get to do whatever he wants because he's Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, the natural response when you hear a guy saying, this guy we have a team option on, we really want him on the team, the natural response is, well, then exercise your option. But uh, yeah, so the unspoken thing, like you said, is we'd rather not pay JT $16 million, you know, and, and that'll probably tie in a little bit to our last topic today, talking about the luxury tax. Uh, you know, money is not an issue for the Dodgers, but it, it, this might be an indicator that they are going to make it at least a little bit of an issue this offseason. And uh, yeah, you know, JT loves being a Dodger. The Dodgers love JT. They're going to work it out. It's just a matter of what that dollar figure is going to be. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, speaking of dollar figures, one player that would, we're going to talk about luxury tax, but right now we're going to talk about Carlos Correa, somebody that would not help the Dodgers get away from the luxury tax, but someone that was mentioned in a Ken Rosenthal article. And it was interesting, uh, you know, We've seen Correa and the Dodgers be linked already. Andrew Friedman said they would talk to the other shortstop options as Trey Turner kind of figures out his free agency. Uh, but here's the exact the exact wording from Ken Rosenthal in that article. He says, quote, Dodgers officials often have expressed concern their fans would not accept the addition of shortstop Carlos Correa, who is a free agent for the second straight year. Um, end quote. And, yeah, it's interesting because – just from based on the past, you know, we've talked about should the Dodgers, you know, front office care about Dodger fans' opinions. And uh, for the most part, we kind of said not necessarily, not really. And with the signing of Trevor Bauer in the past, they did go away from the vocal majority on social media, at least, uh, or at least on Twitter specifically, uh, of play, people that didn't want Trevor Bauer signed. This is obviously a completely different reasoning for not wanting to have Carlos Correa on the Dodgers. He was part of that 2017 team. He spoke out against Bellinger and you know everything else and has been booed uh, very loudly every time he's come back to Dodger Stadium. But uh, it all comes down to would the Dodgers sign Carlos Correa? Would he come for a shorter term big money deal like they've offered guys in the past? Would the Dodgers give him a big deal? There's a lot of questions here with Correa, but I guess the first one is Jeff. And I think we've kind of talked about this before, but uh, do you have an issue if the Dodgers did sign Carlos Correa? And probably not an issue. Um, it, it would be weird for sure. And, you know, I, I just, we were having the same conversation a year ago. I just saw it on my time hop the other day, uh, having a discussion on Twitter about what if the Dodgers signed Carlos Correa. And, uh, and for me, one of the distinctions I made last year on Twitter was, I think there's a difference between cheering for somebody and rooting for somebody. I would absolutely, if Carlos Correa was wearing the Dodger uniform, I would root for him every time I came up. I hope he does well because that helps the Dodgers. I don't know that I'd cheer for him. You know, it would be one of those things where I'd cheer when he did something good, but it would be more, I would be cheering for the Dodgers and not cheering for him. You know, there's plenty of guys who, you know, Clayton Kershaw, I've said before, when Clayton Kershaw's pitching, I feel double stress because I want the Dodgers to succeed. And I love Clayton Kershaw. And so it's the guy, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. These guys, like, 
I really, really liked these guys and I'm cheering for them. And I liked those guys even before they were Dodgers. And, and uh, but yeah, so, so Carlos Correa, I would root for the Dodgers. And uh, I, we probably had this conversation about Madison Bumper a few years ago too, when he was a free agent, you know? Yeah. If Bumgarner came to the Dodgers, I'd root for him to do well. Don't know that I'd ever like him, but also, when the Dodgers signed Juan Uribe, Juan Uribe was at the time my least favorite player in baseball. I could not stand Juan Uribe. And I learned to love Juan Uribe. It wasn't just a, I, I learned to tolerate him. I loved Juan Uribe by the end. Of course, my hatred of Uribe was probably a little less rational than the hatred that a lot of people have for Carlos Correa because Carlos Correa really did steal a World Series from the Dodgers. You know, there's actual harm there. Whereas I just, thought that Juan Uribe's face looked stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I did put out a poll on Twitter, on my personal Twitter, saying, would you have a legitimate issue if the Dodgers signed Carlos Correa with the four options being yes, would stop watching, which means stop watching the Dodgers. Yes, issue, wouldn't root for him specifically. No issue, and then depends how he performs. Currently, 7% people said they would stop watching the Dodgers. 38.5% said they wouldn't root for him specifically. 31.9% say no issue, and 22.6% say depends how he performs. That's based on 545 votes. And, you know, last year I was on board with them going after Correa if they did. Um, and I think I'm even more on board with it now. I, I do think, you know, there's a lot of history and baggage there, and, and I understand that. And, you know, there's no excuse to be made for what was done and everything else. At this point, Correa – after all that happened and, you know, the back and forth with Bellinger and obviously the actual cheating and everything else, he was one of the ones to kind of embrace that villain role more so than like Altuve, who's just kind of tried to ignore it. George Springer kind of avoided slash ignored it. Uh, you know, Gurriel's kind of just let, you know, everyone else kind of left it. And even Bregman's been, you know, kind of under the radar ever since it happened other than them getting booed. He's the one that's kind of embraced it. He's done, he, you know, he has the, the celebration for home runs now where he points at his watch and everything else. But the other part that he has had is he has become a baseball guy. That's, you know, more well-rounded in terms of knowing the game, knowing analytics, being part of that, you know, push for analytics. He was on the TBS uh, broadcast this past off or this past postseason uh, went viral for one of the conversations he had about analytics that, you know, that Pedro and Jimmy Rollins and, and Curtis Granderson also got into. And while I don't think, you know, I'm, I'd be like, oh, my God, uh, Carlos Correa just signed the Dodgers, the greatest thing ever. Uh, I'm definitely more on board with it before. He is a good shortstop, you know, defensively. It, the metrics last year, I think, didn't favor him as well. But overall in his career, he's been pretty good. Offensively, he's always been pretty good. And it's one of those things where – if he came to the Dodgers and then sucked, <laughs> then it'd be very easy to like not like him. Uh, but realistically, he's going to come to the Dodgers and be good and and bring. The other part people mentioned is bringing an edge. I don't know if that's necessarily why you'd bring him in, but uh, it would be a little bit different to have, I guess, like you know Manny Machado with the Padres. It's similar to that in that he's not going to be liked everywhere he goes. He might get booed a lot of places and most places he goes. Uh, but you kind of might like that after a while. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting. You know, uh, the athletic predicted, no, it was, uh, oh, it was a John Heyman article in the New York post and he had a unnamed outside expert predicting contracts for some of these guys. 
And both Trey Turner and Carlos Correa, this expert, quote unquote expert, predicted nine years and $275 million. The Dodgers aren't giving either of those guys nine years. And so what it's going to come down to, the way I could actually see Carlos Correa coming to the Dodgers is if he finds that his market this offseason is similar to his market last offseason, where uh, because of his baggage or bangage, as I like to call it, uh, if some some teams are just wary of signing him, you know, I don't think it's going to be as bad as last year because now he's not coming from the Astros. Now he's twin shortstop Carlos Correa, not Astros shortstop Carlos Correa. He's a year and a team removed from the cheating scandal, and so I think he's probably going to get some bigger offers. But if his market wasn't quite what he expected, and the Dodgers offered him a three or four year deal for a crap load of money, you know, at his age he could then hit free agency again in his early thirties, uh, I could see him maybe doing that. Uh, I don't know if they'd give him an opt out after one year, like the twins did. Uh, but that's the only real way I see the Dodgers, uh, signing him. But on your poll, my vote was depends on how he performs or whatever that last option was, because yeah, it, it really, what it, what matters to me, obviously there are things that matter, uh, besides how he plays on the field. Uh, but within reason, as long as he plays well, I'm going to root for him. And I, I, he is a guy who, you know, I, I used to say this about Alex Bregman before I knew he was a cheater. I, I, I said, he's the kind of guy who you hate if he's on the other team, but you'd love to have him on your team. And, and I kind of feel that way about Carlos Correa too. If we could take the cheating out, you know, that attitude, that all of that stuff, you know, nobody likes Manny Machado except for whatever team he's currently playing on, you know? And I think Correa is going to be, that same way. And so, yeah, I think Dodger fans probably would embrace him. I do think if the Dodgers were to sign him, there would have to be some sort of PR campaign. Uh, you know, if the Dodgers do keep Cody Bellinger, maybe it would be Bellinger and Correa doing a commercial together or something, you know, uh, showing that they're buddies now. Uh, and, you know, uh, and I probably said this last year too, there would be a lot of spin about, one of the things we love about Carlos is he's a he's a fierce teammate. He's the most loyal teammate there is, you know. And we saw that with the Astros situation, how much he defended Jose Altuve, you know, defended his teammates, and and they would really lean into that team player thing and kind of have to just lean away from the oh yeah he stole a World Series from the Dodgers part of it. Yeah, I mean obviously that would be the big part. I mean, but you know the teammate thing is real. He did you know somewhat take Jeremy Pena under his wing, or he did tell him that was a big story this postseason that he told him, you know, next year you're going to be the guy. I'm not going to be here. Um, you know, I don't think that directly contributed to Jeremy Pena being ALCS and World Series MVP. But, you know, there's probably some part of it or, or something that he maybe showed him that could help out there. And, you know, he's had other things. Like I said, he, he's he's known in the industry, in the game now as a big baseball guy, analytics guy. He understands the numbers, what they do and everything else. And, well, I don't think that's going to sell – him on you know a majority of Dodger fans who maybe don't even want to embrace uh, analytics or whatever they think analytics is. Um, I do think there's ways for him to get ingratiate himself with the potential Dodger crowd. And like I said, if he performs well, that's the easiest way for him to get himself fully in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. He would still get booed at Dodger Stadium probably at least for the first season or uh, until he hits like 40 home runs in 60 games or something like that. But uh, I'm on board with it. Uh, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't say 
if for the same money, I'd want him over Trey Turner, but um, I'm actually pretty close to that, uh, even though I do like Trey Turner and he doesn't come with all that other stuff. But I don't know. I feel like I just find myself liking, not liking Carlos Correa, but liking the idea of him being the Dodgers shortstop. Yeah, I could see that. I was just going to bring up the, the head-to-head comparison because that article did have the exact same years and money for the two of them. Correa is 15 months younger. You know, uh, By baseball years, he's two years younger. Uh, just because baseball ages are based on your age on July 1st. And Trey Turner's birthday is June 30th. So he's a year older than somebody who born two days after him. Uh, but, you know, so uh, Correa is 15 months younger than Turner. He's not as fast. He's better defensively. In fact, you know, you mentioned the defensive stats. Correa did have his worst defensive season of his career. Uh, so he was only a little bit better than Trey Turner defensively. So, you know, that, I think that uh, defensively Correa is better Trey's probably a little bit better hitter. They're totally different kinds of hitters in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that uh, if it was the same money on a long-term contract, I think the smarter money is on Correa uh, if you don't factor in all the baggage. Yeah. All right. We're going to continue talking about first opposition and we'll parlay that into a little bit about the luxury tax and the Dodgers. For first, uh, make Locked On Sports today your second listen of the day after you listen to Locked On Dodgers. From the games that matter from the biggest story, to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Available wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube, Locked On Sports today. All right, Jeff. So this conversation is last part going to be about luxury tax and about Gavin Lux a little bit. Uh, Andrew Friedman, you know, like I said, he spoke, he said the Dodgers would talk to the other free agent shortstops would, you know, continue to talk to Trey Turner. Uh, but he did say they would be comfortable with him being the shortstop in 2023. I think that's a little bit of lip service in favor of the guy that's already on the roster. Uh, but regardless of, of what we think about that, would you be comfortable with, with Gavin Lux as shortstop in 2023 and how does this tie in to the luxury tax, the youth movement you talked about the other day, you know, is this something the Dodgers could do to try to lower their, their payroll to try to get under, you know, to avoid repeating taxes and and compounding taxes and, 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 you know, everything else that comes with that, Uh, you know, with that being an option, the Dodgers are still good enough to win the division if he was a shortstop and they don't sign anyone big. Uh, but you know, just all that kind of rolled into one and we'll kind of talk about it right now. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm old enough to remember the Mariana Duncan and Jose Offerman years. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I could put up with Gavin Lux at shortstop if that's the route they decide to go. I don't really believe that that's anywhere near their, their plan a through E, uh, of their options. But, uh, I think it's something they could do, especially, you know, they have Michael Bush ready to play second base. Uh, I, I think I said last week that I expect either Lux or Bush to be traded this offseason. Uh, but, you know, if they move Lux to short, that would I mean they didn't have to trade him. But, uh, you know, the, the the whole luxury tax thing, the, the reason I was thinking about this is uh, David Vasse was on the Petros and Money show last week. And he talked about that. He said the Dodgers, more than likely at some point in time in the next couple of years here, have to reset themselves under the luxury tax. And this year, would be that opportune free agency period. And, uh, you know, just a quick, quick explan- explanation of that. Uh, you mentioned the the penalties if you're a repeat offender. Uh, there, There's a, a salary threshold or a payroll threshold 
that if a team goes over that, anything over that amount, they have to pay a tax on. That's called the competitive balance tax, but we generally just call it the luxury tax. Uh, and MLB's site even says commonly referred to as the luxury tax. Uh, and But if you are a first-time offender, that tax is 20%. And if you're a second-time offender, it's 30 or 40%. And if you're a third-time or more offender, it's 50%. And uh, But that just means consecutive years. So the Dodgers would be in that 50% range if they go over the luxury tax again in 2023. But if they drop down below the luxury tax, which next year is $233 million, uh, they currently only have $187 million-ish committed. Uh, that Some of that's with estimates on salary arbitration, but somewhere in that ballpark. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. If they could drop down below that 233 mark, then in 2024, when they were over it again, they'd be starting over at the 20%. That's the benefit of dropping below the threshold. Uh, and, and there is a real benefit to that. I don't know that it would be a super high priority for the Dodgers because it's really, you know, yeah, it, it's real money. But say if they go $20 million over over the threshold each year, the difference between 20% and 50%, 20% is $4 million, 50% is $10 million. And so it's literally $6 million difference. So the cost of, you know, paying Danny Duffy to not play for you. Yeah, that's, that's the difference we're talking about. And so I don't think the money is really that big a motivator, but it is one of those things where if they find themselves and say, oh, we're actually pretty close to that, we might as well drop under. I don't think it's going to be their top priority, but if, you know, and so that's why I think they'll, they'll talk to these other shortstops and then, okay, things aren't going to work out with Korea. Trey wants to go to Philadelphia, whatever. Dansby Swanson wants to, he grew up a brace and he wants to stay there. Okay, well, now that we've seen that none of the big name guys are and high dollar guys are available, maybe we do think about Gavin Lux, or maybe we think about including Lux in a trade, you know, and, and getting back a guy like Willie Adamas or somebody like that, you know, and, and somebody who isn't going to cost as much. So I don't think getting under the luxury tax will be their priority, but I could see them if the offseason shakes out that way and it's close, thinking, okay. Let's go ahead and do this thing really quick. It'll save us a little bit of money and, uh, you know, no reason not to. Yeah, I think similar to how it was this past offseason when they kind of asked Kenley Jensen to wait it out a little bit in order for them to move some salary around to avoid, you know, the, the Cohen tax, as it's now known. Um, I think it would be kind of like that, where if they can avoid going over it, then sure, but – I don't think it's going to, like, you know, if Carlos Correa says, yeah, I'll take a four-year, you know, $200 million deal, then they're going to go and do it, and they're not going to worry about that, you know, going over any taxes. But if it's a matter of, okay, all this didn't work out, we're, you know, $10 million under, and we can stay that way and still feel the competitive team and maybe wait for improvements at the deadline, then, yeah, that's something they might do and, and go after. So I do agree with that. The other part is, you know, with the Dodgers and, and kind of how everything goes is, there's not a lot of premium talent other than shortstop and like three starting pitchers. Uh, one of those being, you know, it's Verlander, DeGrom, Rodone, and then it's Kershaw's in that tier or in the next tier, depending how you feel about him. But he's not going to make as much money as those other three guys. So the other part is, you know, you do have this youth movement that you mentioned could be a youth movement of trades to where they get sent out and bring back other people. And, you know, Dominic is a guy that we've mentioned a few times. 
Corbin Brand is a guy that's been mentioned as somebody that the Brewers could trade because he's going to start getting more expensive, at least expensive for the Brewers, not expensive for the Dodgers. And, you know, it's a matter of they could put together a big package and go after, you know, both the Dames and Burns in one trade. It's probably not something the Brewers would want to do. But if the Dodgers can, like, the Dodgers put up Lux and someone else that's close to ready pitching-wise and, you know, two other guys that are maybe 4A quality, those are the guys the Brewers play with and, and kind of live with and can afford to play with, uh, you know, based on the way they've spent the last few years. So that's something that could happen. Um, something that the trademark, I think the trade market, and we've seen this before, the Dodgers have done a lot more with the trade market than free agency in the recent years, especially under Friedman. And I do think that's probably going to be where they work the best here in terms of getting top tier talent if it's not at shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably right. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if, uh, if they kicked around the idea of including Tony Gonsolin in a package somewhere, you know, kind of selling high on him especially in light of what I talked about last week, how he is likely to be more impacted by the banning of the shift than a lot of pitchers. Uh, you know, it, if you went, uh, Hey, Lux and Gonsolin for, for Burns and Adamas, you know, it's a, it's a two for two, same positions, all that stuff. Uh, our guys don't make as much money as your guys. And uh, your guys are probably a little bit better than our guys. And so everybody wins. Yeah, hey, I'll sign off on that deal. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And you know, the Dodgers are going to have a couple of decisions here in the next couple of days that we'll talk about in terms of you know that money, qualifying offers more specifically. You know, more than likely, Tyler Anderson, yes. Kershaw depends how they feel about it, and then you know, Andrew Heaney probably no. Trey Turner for sure. And we'll get a couple of those. We'll get the Justin Turner option coming up the rest of this week. But other than that, I mean, I think it's going to be. Know, probably where we pick a guy that the Dodgers can go after, whether via trade or free agency, kind of the rest of this way, and, and see is that somebody they should go after. I know that there was an article in The Athletic about Shohei Otani and how what it would take to trade for him, even though uh, the Angels GM said they're not going to trade him. And I just want to say Fabian Ardaya always offers way more than everybody else that co- like the beat writer for the other teams offer when it comes to these trades. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at like the Yankees trade was, <laughs> yeah, it was, like w- was Glaber Torres, Oswald Perez, whatever his name is, Peraza and yeah. Jason Dominguez. So the top prospect and then two guys on the big league roster who aren't really performing the way we thought they would for Shoyotani. And then the Dodgers, it was literally, okay. Like eight, eight of our top nine prospects, yeah. you know, <laughs> for one year of Otani. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's Fabian. You know, Fabian used to be an Angels beat writer, so maybe he's still uh, got a little loyalties there. So, yeah, but uh, we'll definitely talk about Otani. You know, even though the Angels said they're not going to trade him, the Nationals also said they were going to trade Juan Soto. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, there's precedent there for guys to be traded after the Dodgers weren't going to trade D Gordon, and uh, they ended up trading D Gordon, even though oh, he's not in the same stratosphere, but not in the same stratosphere, but yeah. When you uh, got right, Justin you got Sellers, you don't need D Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got anything else before we head out for the day? Uh, no, but it's fun talking to you again. It's uh, I enjoy doing these podcasts alone, but it's it's uh, it's definitely a different experience, you know. And so, uh, I like the back and forth, and uh, it's good to have you back. Yeah, I like being back. Uh, well, being on the road was fun, uh, being at home every night and doing the finishing my night with this podcast is even better. So uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Check out Locked On Sports today for your second listen. They got all the biggest games, all the reactions, all the biggest stories of the day. 
and the Take of the Day, available on Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Tonight I'm at Vince Amperio. The DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Terry Smart Device Play Podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.